trust yourself a little more and don't worry so much. Things will work out just fine. And also, never ever personalize what appears to be a rejection. Mostly what we read as rejections are scenario situations where the other party is, is merely preoccupied with their struggle uh, to, point, uh, to the point that they really fail to see the opportunity of your value or your help or your contribution. Welcome to Create New Futures, thought-provoking conversations with leaders, experts, and interesting minds. Join us as we explore ideas and reflect on practices that you can use and apply to create and shape the future. With your host, author and strategy consultant, Aviv Shahar. Welcome to Create New Futures, where we develop conversations with successful leaders to explore how you can create new futures for you and for your business. These episodes include my conversation with Colin Morgan of The Daily Grind. Colin asked me about what brought me to do the work I do, and I reflected on the important decisions I made earlier in life, the Air Force learning and impact on my journey, and what differentiates great leaders. Here then is our conversation. Aviv Shahar, welcome to The Daily Grind. How are you today? I am wonderful and great to be here with you, Colin. Uh, We're all excited that you're here. And if you wouldn't mind, Aviv, say for the audience members being first introduced to you today, just kind of uh, expanding on your intro and touching on a bit more of who you are and what you do. Well, I'm the founder and president of Aviv Consulting, a strategic innovation consulting company. And I'm the author of the book, Create New Futures, How Leaders Produce Breakthroughs and Transform the World Through Conversation. So Fortune 500 companies hire us to help their senior teams create purpose-inspired futures and to develop innovative strategies that drive growth. And so, for example, Colin, we've helped senior executives at Alcoa, Chevron, Cisco, DuPont, General Mills, Hewlett-Packard, Lufthansa, and Procter and Gamble's, and we also, I also help CEOs of early stage companies, mostly in the Silicon Valley. So I imagine in the process of my work, I, I must have worked with teams in more than fifteen countries, and and the central driver, the central impulse, is indeed helping leaders navigate through complex terrain, overcome challenges and create new future, a new future for them and for their organization and business. So that's the focus of our work, uh, Colin. Very interesting. And if you wouldn't mind, Aviv, like, how did you get started in all this? Like, what is your story that's kind of led you to starting Aviv Consulting? <laughs> well, so by the time I was 20, when I was still in the Israeli Air Force, mm-hmm. which we can talk about if you're interested. Yeah, sure. That, that's really interesting. Made- uh, I've made two two important decisions. The first decision I made was that life is purposeful. And I decided that we each have a purpose in showing up here. And I made up my mind that I my life was going to be purposeful and that any person around me, whether they know it or not, they have at least a purpose in latency, in potential if they choose to pursue that purpose. Mm -hmm. And that the first layer of that purpose is to discover and find out what is that purpose and how can you best 
express that purpose. I, I believe that was a decision I made by the age of 15 or 16. And, and since then, I've probably updated my purpose maybe 15, maybe 20 times, because at every stage you get new insight, new appreciation, and you understand what, what is the core driver that you're looking to express. So that was the first decision that shaped my approach to adult life. And the second was very much shaped by my experience in the Air Force, where I essentially discovered that uh, and formulated the clarity of appreciation that, that living is a learning journey, a developmental journey. Yeah. And because the first thing you discover in the Air Force is that there are two kinds of pilots. Okay, there are natural pilots who immediately feel in the guts flying, and then there are head pilots. Okay. And they need to learn the process of flying. And I was certainly not your gut pilot <laughs> and not one of the naturals that could feel the aircraft in the air. And I did not find maneuvering in the air and aerobatics easy or natural. Okay. So flying was for me not a first nature. And that's why I started at the bottom of my class and actually probably was not expected to make it. What quickly did become first nature for me was learning. And mm. I understood that the, the Air Force debrief rule became my lifelong rule because what I discovered was the Air Force debrief rule essentially says that an undebriefed action is a wasted action. Okay. Because we may have done something, Colin, we may performed a certain exercise. It may have been successful or even a, a failed, whatever the case is, if we did not actually apply the rigor to debrief what could we learn from whether success or failure, then it was a wasted action. And when you fly, these are very expensive exercises and you you have the responsibility to maximize the, the learning value. Okay. So I, what I did was every day in the briefing room, I reviewed very carefully what I've done and where I made mistakes and how could I improve. And I analyzed every maneuver and also asked other peers of mine, what, was, what were they learning and how were they improving? So though I started at the bottom of the class, I finished the course second and probably with the most uh, dramatic improvement record. And in many ways, this became my own Socrates uh, credo. You know, Socrates said the unexamined life is not worth living. So I decided earlier on that I was going to pursue that sense of purpose and, and meaning and, and focus on a learning and development journey. And, and the natural trajectory led me to uh, work with leaders in, in between. The, there is a good 15, 20 years that yeah. I explored uh, a lot of different uh, areas, the, the human potential, the power of the mind, and what it is that we humans can actually do to, to impact others and, and create, make a difference. Love that. So like, let's talk about your new book a little bit. What was the, and you mentioned core driver, what was the core driver for you launching and, and writing this book? The two key ideas that propelled my writing of Creating Futures was, well, first of all, I discovered that too many leaders and too many teams Instead of producing collective wisdom, they produce collective stupidity because they come together and they argue forever with tremendous passion about what they're going to do 
but they fail to produce the most effective and most coherent conversations that will produce the kind of outcomes that they would like to produce and that that certainly by potential they can. Hmm. And so what I looked to do was to essentially communicate and share many of the examples and experiences from the work that I do with senior executive teams. And the central, first central message is that to create a new future, you need to begin begin with the future and work backward rather than do the, the planning exercise from today. And the reason for that is because your today is defined by all the limitations that surround you today. And mm. what you want is to really push the envelope and of what's possible and imagine the, the art of the possible in a way that is not as constrained. So that was the, the first driver, the first big okay. message. And, and how do you actually uh, choreograph that process? And the second was the, the realization that therefore for leaders, the, the highest leverage for you as a leader, I mean, it's a question I ask for many leaders. I ask, what is your highest leverage as a leader? And the, there is a, I play the riddle game and I share in the book how I do this, but I'm going to give you the, the bottom line, the, the discovery, the insight, which is for you as a leader, your highest leverage is that you get to shape the conversation agenda. Mm. And why is it the, the highest leverage? Because you can walk into every situation and actually ask, is this the conversation we should be in or should we be in a different, more important conversation? And if it is the, the most important conversation we should be in, are we approaching this conversation right now in the best, most optimal way or should we reframe and ask a different question? And so the book, Creating a Future, essentially is filled with tools and experiences and uh, modalities and questions you can use to take your leadership to a whole new level. And what I have also done was I didn't want to write it as another formulaic business book. So I integrated uh, many vignettes, vignettes and stories and experiences of my work in the field and some personal autobiographical material to, to make it uh, more interesting and more engaging. I love it. And I love the name create your create new futures as opposed to what some people would say find new futures because I'm a big believer that you create what you put into it. And say for you, like based on working with, you know, high level executives and being an expert in, in what you're doing and you had mentioned kind of working backwards, right? Having that vision first in place or where you want to get to and then working towards it. So like what are some tips or techniques that you could give the audience, say, who don't know in their head what they want yet. They're, they're not clear on that future. What are ways in which you see or based on your experiences, they can start to get clear on that? Well, the first thing really is that this is a, an iterative discovery journey. Mm -hmm. So if, if you don't feel that, Colin, that you know everything about what you want for your future, you're perfectly in the, in the right place because that's the project of living. So it's not as though you get here to first do a dress rehearsal, learn about the project of life, and then you do the real thing. No, actually <laughs> living is the real thing and the discovery, the inquiry is the journey. So that, that, that's, that's awareness number one. 
The second thing I'll say is you, you've got to recognize that unless you know, can be very defined, one thing for sure, you are here to grow. Yeah. You're here to, to create personal growth and facilitate and contribute to the growth of the people around you, whether it's tomorrow in your own company or in a large company where you'll be employed. And so my advice and my encouragement is get engaged in the project of your own personal growth. Because one of the key elements that I help and see time and again every week when I work with those large companies to create growth on the outside. Yeah. You must first and concurrently grow on the inside. Mm-hmm. You cannot catalyze growth with your team, with your, your organization, with your clients, with your customers, with people that you work with, unless you concurrently embark on your own personal growth, the interior and the ex- exterior, th- those parallel or rather integrated journeys must be the project of your life. So you, you want to begin with questions like, for example, what energizes me? Hmm. Where do I find that I can express my gifts and my talents? What inspires me to create new possibilities for me and for other people? And where, for example, do I find that I, I don't even sense the time is passing? Where do I find a sense of flow and am most engaged? All those inquiries will provide you with with clues, with hints about what it is that you are here for and what you're meant to be doing. Yeah, it sounds to me like I, I took a lot out of that. Um, first being like, you have to be consciously asked, you, you have to be asking yourself, like, what do you want? And you have to continue that conversation and that sort of self-discovery of who you are. And without asking those questions, you're never going to be able to find them out. And then for me, it sounded a lot like curiosity and you know, being able to have plenty of experiences. I think you can correct me if I'm wrong here, Aviv. I feel like people who aren't where they want to be sometimes are sitting back and waiting for something to come onto their front doorstep as opposed to experiencing things, learning from them, and then sort of discovering and creating those new futures. You're absolutely right, Colin. And, and life is too short and too precious to sit back <laughs> and not not be fully present in the project of living. Yeah. And uh, I'd add to that in, in one of my recent newsletters, The Key, I write about the idea that wherever you are, whether you're working for yourself or whether you work in a large company, you really have three jobs, not really one. And the way I define those job one, job two, and job three is the following. Okay, so job one is to serve customers and partners, to solve problems, to deliver services, to sell, to fulfill whatever is formally your job. Mm-hmm. That All those activities are, are part of job one, which I call doing the work. Okay. But then it's insufficient in today's rapidly changing world and, and certainly rapidly changing work environment. You also must be engaged with job two and if job one was doing the work job two is transforming the work Mm. so as the environment continues to shape shift and 
new technologies and emerging competitors are growing and, and reshaping the marketplace, you must look at whatever it is you do. In your case, you're running the, this podcast. You are here to continue to transform this practice totally. and to evolve it beyond what it is today so that in a year from now, not only you'd be conducting podcasts, but you will be transforming the value that you provide to uh, your audiences. And perhaps by that time, there will be some new technology and some new tools that will enable you to deliver that uh, result. Mm-hmm. But then my point is that even that is insufficient, that there has to be really job three. And if I said job one was doing the work and job two is transforming the work, then job three is what we talked about a minute ago, which is transforming you, transforming yourself. And my premise here is that inside your work and the transformation of the work that you deliver, really the bigger job of of life and living is you continue to evolve as a professional, as a human being, as a leader, and, and you should view this as your job three every day when you wake up. Totally, because if you're not getting better, if you're not educating yourself, you can't transform the work you're doing. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Love it. And say for you, Aviv, like, I'm interested always with people like you. Like, say you could go back and either speak to, uh, like, a 16-year-old Aviv or a 20-year-old Aviv and, and, and talk to yourself. I'm wondering what you would say. Well, I would say, trust yourself. Mm. You have a good instinct and good intuition. Trust yourself a little more and, and don't worry so much. Things will work out just fine. And, and also, never ever personalize what appears to be a rejection. Mostly, what we read as rejections are scenario situations where the other party is is merely preoccupied with their struggle uh, to point uh, to the point that they really fail to see the opportunity of your value or your help or your contribution. So never personalize a rejection. If it is anything, it is a more a reflection of the other party than of you. And yes, remember to trust yourself even more. Love that. I love that piece of advice. All set for overtime? Absolutely. Love it. Aviv, what motivates you? Like what gets you out of bed every day and fires you up to do what you do? Well, Colin, deep inside, I believe we each yearn for meaning and for a sense that and, and the knowledge that we matter, that, that our presence here, that our showing up here makes a difference. Mm. I find meaning and I find a sense of purpose when I create and when I contribute and when I'm able to support the people that I love and, and when I am able to codify from my experience teachable insights that, that make a difference. And... I'll give you an example. So I was last week with a senior executive team for two days workshop and we were developing the strategies and solving some big problems. And at the end of the session, one of the executives said to me, she said, I want to recognize and acknowledge that the breakthroughs and innovations that we've been able to produce here were made possible because of the intentional and purposeful space that you have held for us. 
And that is extremely motivating. What drives me, Colin, is not that they recognize how brilliant I am, but rather that they recognize how brilliant they are. And I'm there to choreograph the experience to unleash and help them unleash the, the kind of ideas and solutions and innovation that they're able to create together better when I'm in the room with them. Yeah, I love that. I think that's really fascinating. And for you, Aviv, like what's something that you do every day, whether it's in the mornings, afternoons, evenings, say like a ritual or routine or habit that you would say contributes to your success and being able to get things done? I wake up around 5.30, 5.15, 5.30. I spend the first hour writing. Yeah. And I then do my morning run for 20 minutes and stretching and such. And after breakfast and few calls with clients, I go for a swim before lunchtime. So right now, <laughs> we are speaking uh, after my morning swim. So I've done yeah. my, my running and, and my uh, swimming. And, and I think one more thing is I always have pads around me because when there is an idea, I want to capture it. I want to write it down. Uh, I, there are ideas that's coming through the day, through a conversation like this all the time. And I'm there to capture them and then develop them. You know what? I, I, I'm laughing because I started to do that recently because I'm sure there's people in the audience. I'm sure this probably happened to you, Aviv's like, you have great ideas and you don't write them down and you can't remember them. Yeah, I have a folder with about 700 ideas that I haven't de <laughs> developed yet that when I get the chance, I'll, I'll get back to. Some of those will later become a newsletter article or something like that. But yeah. um, if, if, you, if you do not pay attention to the ideas that show up with you, then less and less ideas will come to you. If you mm. pay attention, you capture them and you develop them, more ideas will find you. Love it. So usually I ask here to plug a book, but I'm not going to do that because your book is the one we're plugging today. Um, <laughs> so let's talk a little something different. Um, so say based, based upon the leaders that you've worked with, right? High performing individuals. What is the difference between a high performing individual and one that's just average? Yeah, great question, Colin. This is a beautiful question. The, the highly successful, highly impactful leader and executive is one that understands that the, the most precious currencies of living and of leadership are the energy that you bring to the table and the time that's available for you and the focus with which you apply your energy and time. I call it the ETF, my ETF mm -hmm. insight. And I land many of my sessions with urging executives to be highly attuned to how they bring focus to the, the, the time and the energy uh, of in terms of the, their assignments and their responsibilities. So the, the highly, most successful, most effective leaders design their life to produce the kind of outcomes they need by organizing the, themselves and their lives around those uh, best zones of energy and time to produce those outcomes. Mm, really interesting. I love that. Really interesting. 
And now for you, Aviv, like one way we end the show here is uh, I give you the floor and you can end the show off with the thought of the day. So one thing or one thought that the audience can go home with today. Well, remember you are here for a purpose. This is a time of tremendous change and evolution for humanity, certainly in the Western world and actually globally. A lot of disruption and a lot of change. And and so therefore you are here to create a contribution and to find how you can exercise your gifts and your talent to create that contribution. And your job, your job is to discover how to do that and how to therefore live into purpose and to contribute to the people around you. What a great message. Now, Aviv, what's the best way that our audience can connect with you, uh, learn more about what you do, and get a copy of that new book? The website is avivconsulting.com. You can access my own show, my own podcast show, Create New Futures. You can buy on Amazon the book, Create New Futures. You can, my uh, monthly newsletter, where I share ideas like those I share today. And you can also find me on LinkedIn by Aviv Consulting and would be looking forward to hear from your audience and uh, to uh, perhaps uh, develop part two whenever you want to, Colin. Absolutely. I love it. Definitely. Let's do that. Everyone visit his website. I'm going to share all the links, best ways to connect with you, um, make it really easy for the audience to grab a copy of this book and, you know, as you're listening to this interview, everyone, you can really hear how high level Aviv is and what he does in his profession as a leader and a thought leader. So be sure to grab that book. I know I will. And reach out to him if you have any questions. And uh, maybe down the line here, we're going to do a little part two, do a little update and build on this amazing conversation that we've had. I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule and coming on the show with me today. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Aviv always encourages his clients to identify the one or two ideas they can move forward into action immediately. What will you capture and apply today? You can always begin with a small action and then build momentum over time. When you move forward from an idea to action, you get immediate ROI, return on the time you invested, and return of learning. And then the learning cycle builds the success propulsion. One more thing. You can reach Aviv directly by phone and email to discover how he can help you create a new future for your business and organization. Creating your new future can begin today.